Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani, Buckus, Brandon, Joy, Jake Dicker, Full House today. How are we doing? You know, it's getting closer to Friday, so I couldn't, couldn't be happier. <laughs> Yeah, NBA draft tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun week. Uh, draft tomorrow. Very big game four of the Stanley Cup tonight. Um, got some good sporting events coming up. It's going to be fun. Exactly. It should be good. Again, uh, we'll be talking about the draft today, draft tomorrow. So a lot of draft talk to get into. Let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, G.A. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski is again calling it a career. Gronkowski, who is 33, must be nice to retire at 33. <laughs> um, announced his retirement Tuesday via social media, but Gronk's agent told ESPN that he wouldn't be surprised if his client could be coaxed out of retirement for a second time by Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. Do you guys think Gronk will stay retired? And if he does, does he leave as the greatest tight end of all time? I think he will retire um, as the greatest of all time in terms of a tight end first ballot Hall of Famer. That being said, I don't think he'll be retired long. I do think he's going to skip out on training camp. He's going to do some fun stuff, live that Gronk lifestyle. But I can't imagine you know Tom Brady coming back to, to a Tampa Bay. They're one of the top teams in the league next season. Gronk coming back. Um, so listen, he's going to skip out on training camp. He's going to skip out on the preseason. I do expect Gronk to come back Again, Tom Brady's going to hop on that phone. Come on, man. Let's do it again. Run it back. I do expect Gronk to come back. I think it's smart, you know, if he truly does stay in retirement because the concussions you get as a tight end, too, and, like, all the dirty work you have to do with the blocking. It's just a it's a brutal position in football, right? And the earlier you can retire, the longer you'll probably live, I guess. It, you know, I mean, and he's, yes, he's probably going to return anyways, but either way, he's up there with, you know, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio oh, yeah. Gates, you know, Sharp, all those guys. He's right at the top with them. So, I mean, he's had a great career, obviously, in postseason success. He's the best of all of those guys. So we'll see what happens. But I would be surprised if he stays in retirement. I agree, Ross. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think he stays retired for very long either. I think this has got to just be some sort of big publicity scheme. I don't think there's any way he makes this decision and retires without consulting Brady and knowing exactly. his plan first. Um, is he the best tight end of all time? I think the answer is probably, but I don't think it's as 
clear cut as most people think it may be. He's fifth all time in receiving yards behind Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp is going to be passed this year by Travis Kelsey. Um, he does have the, he has four rings. He's been on the best team. Yeah. So, I mean, winning talks, winning is what matters. So, I mean, probably he definitely has the argument to be made, but I think that there is, I think Travis Kelsey, there's an argument to be there, made uh, there if he has another great four or five and, years. And George Kittle, if oh, he for continues sure. yeah. to be great. I mean, we're seeing two of the best tight ends of all time right now. And George Kittle doesn't get a lot of love because he's had Jimmy passing it to him. Well, he also hasn't won four rings either. Well, so. it, well when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, it's hard to win four <laughs> rings. Um, but, like, he's the best blocking tight end of all time, in my opinion. Him or Gronk. It's Kittle or Gronk, in yeah. my opinion. So we'll see what happens. We're in a, This is a great league for tight ends, right? Right now we're very blessed to be able to see kelsey kittle now waller is getting up there being being dominant a couple of younger tight ends so very blessed i i mean i will say this about when he initially retired when Gronk initially retired and first of all he's the first ballot hall of famer there's oh, no, of course. There's there's no, no question. question there's no question. Question. question but um when he did retire, do we not remember him having a career in the WWE? He is, and I he, expect like, him to yeah. come back at some point. Right. You know? So, like, I, I mean, I think retirement looks good on Gronk. Yeah. You know, like, you can hit that golf course. He can, you know, go ahead and um, go go to all those concerts and get on get on stage again <laughs> and just you know enjoy and l- live his best life, I guess. Um, will he come back? I mean, there's always a possibility. Like, never My say never. My thing with his position, I mean, you don't need to play the entire season. I think, you know, take some time off. Again, Tom Brady was retired for one month. People forget. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even like a full retirement. So, this, I believe, will be longer. I think it'll stretch through training camp, preseason. And then something's going to happen during during the course of the season where, you know, someone goes down, whether it's a tight end, a wide receiver, they're going to call Gronk. He's going to... I mean, that family is physically fit. He's going to stay in shape. So, again, like I'm not saying he's going to come back for week one, but I would be shocked if at some point this season we don't see Gronk back. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess that's fair. That Again, never say never, right? Yeah. Well, the Houston Rockets guard John Wall exercised his $47.4 million player option for the 2022 That's a lot of money for a guy who doesn't play. <laughs> I mean, he has more impact on the court than Westbrook. Yeah. So, I mean. oh, well, moving on, the Rockets <laughs> will continue to seek trade scenarios in the coming weeks, but are expected to work with Wall on a contract buyout if a swap can't be found, sources have said. If you're the Lakers... Shocker, we're going to talk about the Lakers. Would you consider a Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade? So that's the only trade on the table that I think that they could make for John Wall because of that contract size. So I don't think, uh, listen, he's not going to get traded. But if I'm the Lakers, this is a, you know, it, it can't hurt. It can't hurt because literally people within the team are thinking, listen, if, if we can't move him, like, is there a scenario where we just tell him to stay home? So, I mean, at least with John Wall, it's not Russell Westbrook, and it can't hurt to uh, try. So, listen, I mean, this is so, one of those situations where it's so bad that you're wondering, well, if it if, if we can't trade him, is there a, yeah. a way that we can at least get John Wall? I mean, I think it's important to note, I should have figured this one out a while ago. Rich Paul is Wall's agent. Um, you know, that's, that's huge considering the clutch connection to the Lakers. And you're right, Arash. I mean, Westbrook, they can't win a championship with Westbrook on the roster. I'd say it's close to a 0% chance, maybe negative percent chance, because, you know, even if you just waive them, which I know Michael and Nick are against because of the money, tell them to stay at home, their chances go from 0 to 5%. 
like in my opinion. He's that bad of a fit on the roster. You get Wall, at least Wall, you know, he's not as healthy as Westbrook. He's usually hurt. But if he's on the court, I mean, geez, he can hit threes, right? I guess he can pass. And he can play defense better than Westbrook. So, I mean, he's not the best defender, but at least he tries. And he's, you know, people forget how good he was when he was healthy, even in Houston a couple years back when he started the year averaging 17 and 10 almost. My whole thing with this is that it's been rumored for so long that I felt like if it was going to happen, it would have already happened. And also, the the trade packages that the Lakers are trying to field for Westbrook, the Rockets are looking for the same thing for John Wall because matching contracts, they're looking to move off of him as well. So all those offers that the Lakers are packaging, if the Rockets are really adamant, they could probably find and offer a better package to somebody to take John Wall off their hands, like that Hornets trade or whoever that can get up to $47 million. Why would you take Westbrook when you could take an expiring John because, Wall? Because Westbrook could sell, he will sell more tickets, he's a bigger personality, and he actually plays. That's one of the thing. Yes, he's not as effective from the floor, but if I'm the Hornets, I would d- much rather have Westbrook considering, you know, he's built up the Washington Young core when he was there and he's a good teammate according to a lot of teams. If you bring him into Charlotte to help LaMelo Ball especially with his playmaking, I mean, that's huge. He's going to sell tickets, but if you take him to Charlotte, you're not winning titles. And I think that that least they're like not winning to do- a title anytime soon. I understand that, but at least they have that young talent right now that they could, that they're trying to build on that. But I'm saying if you put Westbrook with LaMelo, that could actually work a hundred times better since they don't play defense anyways. They were 28th in defensive rating. Charlotte's not going anywhere anyways next season, right? So I would prefer John Wall over Westbrook. You'd prefer yes. a guy who plays eight games. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I actually At would. least Westbrook plays. You know, that's the one thing I, I well, will stand you know, up for. The Westbrook issue for. with the Lakers, and you just said it, I, that he doesn't fit. So I would he rather. He doesn't fit. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. if I'm the, sh- the Hornets, oh, the Horn- okay. like he'd fit better in that offense considering they don't play defense and they're high paced anyways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and don't both of these teams don't play defense? Your, your Lakers Who? don't play D and also. Oh, the, 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 come I, on. No, one no, year. No, no. Yes. Okay, <laughs> when was the last time? Okay. Okay, we can go back into this. When did the Clippers have the number one overall defense in the league? We're not talking about hey, the Lakers did just Lakers. two years ago. It's one year. It's an anomaly. That's what happens. It's an outlier. One, the NBA is just like the NFL. It's a one year to one year. Like there's no. There's it's a no one parody. year to one year. And if you look at the 70 years, the Clippers have zero rings. Oh so my I mean, gosh. We're not talking, <laughs> what are we talking about rings. We're talking about trying to rings. get. We're trying to get the ring. Every year, every team is trying to get this ring. So we're, if we're talking about that, we're talking about t- trying to contend for a I title. I think Houston is just. I'm just saying, don't don't take Westbrook. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying is that why not? not going to really. He's not he gonna sells help more you. tickets than Wall. Tickets aren't championships. <laughs> yeah, but if you have them for one year, I mean, look, they're not winning anyways. He sells tickets more than Wall. He's more charismatic than Wall. He's a bigger personality than Wall. He's won an MVP. You, Wall hasn't. You know what I'm saying? And if that's what you want, and if that's what you want, you want to just sell tickets and you want to be in the short term, fine. By all means. Get LiAngelo. Bring him up do, to the league. Do it. Do it. You know, like sell tickets. But I'm assuming that everybody wants to contend for a title. The thing is, is something I've heard, and I know we'll get into this, but it's like, the wall, the, look, the Lakers were willing to give Westbrook for wall straight up, but the Rockets wanted a first round pick. That, and then it's like, no are sense. you kidding yeah, me? Everyone's bad. trying to screw over Rob. I mean, the Nets came out today saying, we want Davis for Kyrie. Are you kidding me? Like, go home, go home. Like, 
Are you really think? I mean, not even Rob is that stupid. Rob is actually a smart guy. He just hasn't proven yet. He wants to prove himself, and he knows he can't prove himself by giving up Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving. He's only going to give up Westbrook and maybe a protected first-round pick because their value is very similar because Kyrie's unreliable. Yeah, he's a better fit in L.A., but, like, geez, I mean, who knows? That, that whole trade scenario, it's looking more and more likely that Westbrook will be, uh, from what I've heard in the last day, will be on the roster to start the year. Yeah. yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. No, I I'm just going to I'm going to agree with Brandon here. Um I don't I don't think for the from the Lakers perspective a swap makes much sense while Wall's not going to play games, especially and, and then if you're the Hornets, I kind of get what you're saying. I think they're not winning anything anyway and a year for LaMelo Ball, a year of playing with Russell Westbrook is probably more beneficial than a year of playing with John Wall long term for his development. Yep. Um so I think that I think that makes the most sense. But if you're saying that they're not going to win a title anyway, then what's the point? But that's beside the <laughs> that's beside the oh point, Jihei. Oh my God, that was your point. I know I that's think, not the I point. The point the, is, if you're the Hornets, I think a year of Lamelo Ball playing with Russell Westbrook for his development is more than more John Wall. Than like, John Wall or playing another okay. year with Gordon Westbrook Hayward is a high pace player. Lamelo is a high pace player. Yes, yes, Lamelo can actually shoot the basketball, and that's a difference. But Westbrook can teach him a lot of things that Wall can't. And, and when Russ is playing with a mediocre offense, he's not terrible. Exactly, when he's able to do what he whatever he wants to do. I mean, he puts up the numbers. It's just a matter of when he's the third option and isn't the primary ball handler. 100%. Where he tries to do too much. He's very much inefficient, and, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, from, from a player development perspective, West, having Westbrook on the roster sure. is way, way better and more valuable than John Wall. Yeah. Or Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and Kelly Oubre. It doesn't yep. matter. All right. Well, moving on and speaking of uh, players that get hurt all the time, Kendrick Nunn, who missed all of last season because of a bone bruise in his right knee, is opting into the final year of his contract with the Lakers worth 5.25 million. Nunn, who's 26, averaged 15 points on 36.4% from three and 88.1% from the foul line in two seasons in Miami. How do you guys see Nunn fitting in with the Lakers next season? I really like Nunn. And listen, I mean, this this whole team was hurt, right? And, and Nunn was not a superstar, so no one was talking about him. But I think when you talk about how is this team going to look next year, who are guys who could be role players and contribute, Nunn is one. And I thought Nunn was a big sign for them and could have helped them out obviously missed the entire season so when you talk about guys being hurt again the focus is not on none but when you talk about a guy who who has you know 15 points per game huge contributor and when you talk about a cap strap team yeah. like the Lakers that that will be a this huge, is huge. Guy. also yeah. this is a this is huge him opting in makes him a trade piece too yeah. if you are going to get a Bradley Beal or a Kyrie which is highly unlikely uh, if Nunn comes back this is a hot take but they have six extra wins last season just on Kendrick Nunn being there his impact would have been just insane because he's almost 60% effective field goal percentage Andrew shooting percentage shoots the ball lights out plays elite defense people I know he's, he was hurt last year and he says he's hurt all the time he's hurt only one year but like yes that was the whole year i agree g hey it's very concerning considering it was just a bone bruise and who knows i mean he was in crocs the whole year i didn't know what the heck was going on but he'll be back and assuming he's healthy he definitely raises the outlook of this team and this is a guy you could slot in as a six man or when westbrook's off the roster if you do decide to part ways with him in some shape way or form he could play point guard and he's going to shoot the ball he's a perfect fit alongside lebron 3 and D. That's what he is. And he's a hard-nosed player. These are the types of guys they need. This is the types of guys they needed last year. I can see them getting the 9 seed instead of the 11 seed or 12 seed last year if none is just healthy. You know? Yeah, this is a guy who's a year removed from, I mean, in 56 games, averaging 14.6 points a game, shooting 48.5% from the field, 
93% from the line, 38% yep. from beyond. I mean, this is a real basketball player. This isn't, this yeah, isn't, it's not Wesley, some bomb, this isn't you know? Wesley Matthews. This isn't Ben McLemore. Well, like, they, those is, guys can play defense. It's okay. Like, let's give them credit. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd rather a, have a number one defense and no shooters than all offense and no defense. Yeah, I mean, this is a real contributor. This is a guy who's going to make an impact on the floor. Um, it, it's a big deal. And like Brandon said, him opting in and being able to be a trade piece is another really big factor. Because uh, he's valuable. Yeah, for sure. As, as You know, even though he missed last season, fellow GMs, they know like Kendrick Nunn is valuable. Also, with a terrible free throw shooting team like the Lakers, his free throw shooting is going to be, and it needs to be great. And Anthony Davis, the difference when they won the championship, 86% from the line to 70% last season. If Anthony Davis literally just boosts 6 to 10, to like 10%, he's averaging 27 points per game instead of 23 points per game so that'll be huge too yeah it's it's gonna be a big addition for them he can give them stuff on the ball off the ball what i'm concerned about is still the injury stuff because we never even found out what was going on with him at the end of the day we don't even know i mean they said bone bruise but it was so suspicious i don't remember a, a player that had that small of an injury turn into a whole year-long thing i hope it's not i mean we're, i guess we're kind of seeing the same situation now lonzo. With, with lonzo yeah I knew you were gonna bring it up that's where my brain went and this is it just seems like somebody who if he's healthy he definitely can contribute for this team and i really think that this is a guy that when they look at like who's the final five guys on the court in a close game he he could end up being one of those five guys it's just health if he can be healthy he can contribute well moving on the nba draft is thursday like we said before um and many people believe jabari smith jr will be the first overall selection despite palo bancaro's uh odds skyrocketing who's the best player in this draft guys and who should the magic select with the first overall pick i'm gonna say jabari is gonna be the first pick in the draft i will say this i am with a group of four people who really watch college hoops and uh really have been watching the draft and i, I gotta be honest in terms of all the sports that i cover and jihei knows this from our longtime friendship she loves college basketball. I'm not the biggest college basketball fan, so I will defer to the group here. Yeah, I mean, look, I wrote, I, I cover the NBA draft every year. I consider myself an evaluator, not trying to pump myself up, but I wrote a full two-round mock. I've watched a lot of these games. The best player in this draft is not Jabari Smith Jr. The Magic are going to, I wouldn't say botch this pick, because Jabari Smith Jr. is still going to be a very good NBA player and possibly an all-star. But if they take Paolo, they won't win a ring for 15 years. And I know some people are higher on Paulo than, than like, I mean, they're not going to win a ring in 15 years anyways, but like, you get what I'm saying. That's like a botched selection. I have Paulo as the sixth or seventh ranked guy in my draft, which isn't bad, honestly, but everyone's trying to make it seem like this guy's one, two, or three, when really the best player in this chest draft is Jaden Ivey, but they have tons of guards. They have Cole Anthony. They have, um, you know, Jalen Suggs. I mean, you still have Markel Fultz if he's ever healthy, right? So you can't draft a guard. Second best player in this draft, in my opinion, is Chet Holmgren. So you got to take him, but they're not going to do it. They're going to take Jabari Smith Jr. It'll be fine. But I mean, if you have the number one pick, I'm picking on upside and that's Ivy, Holmgren or Sharp. And they're going to take neither, none of those guys, you know? Yeah, that's the, that's the unfortunate part. I agree with you. I've been high on Ivy for all season long, yeah. All all NCAA season long. I think that this kid has, um, he has a great future. He's he's NBA ready. Hundred like percent. He he's bigger. He's yeah. as athletic as John Moran almost, and he's way bigger, which means he's not going to get injured as much. 
But the thing that sucks though is that Paolo Banquero is like he just looks like an NBA player. He like, does. He and look, I'll give him this. He's seven feet tall, and you know this. Six well, ten, na- but yeah. Well, I guess with shoes they listed him at like six eleven, seven feet. Yeah, you know, you know that you get listed at. <laughs> look, six, I was six eight on Max Preps. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm only six six. <laughs> so I mean, uh, I get what you're saying. I was yeah, but I was gonna say Boncaro, He'll be fine on the offensive end. Can't play defense though. Yeah. Look. I, I just don't understand how all of us like Ivy and then nobody in the top three seems to want him. It, okay, Orlando, you have a lot of guards, but like Houston, you're going to really pass up on a potential Jaden Ivy, Jalen Green backcourt to take Paolo. Paolo better be really good. I'm wondering if this is like a draft day situation where he has some like something in the closet or something like that where like they have some issues and some worries i mean as as a big 10 guy well i watched so much Jaden ivy this year he is the quickest first step i've ever seen he's and gonna be that. an nba and superstar. i knew that it's before sure i saw thing. him live and then he came to came to madison and it was it's the most insane thing i've ever seen that being said i do think that paolo bancaro has the most upside in this draft i know he doesn't play defense i understand he doesn't play defense brandon but i do think that he has the tools that need a little bit ref- a little bit of refining at the the professional level, but I do think, I, I think Jabari Smith goes one, but I think Paolo is the best NBA career out of the, the draft. Okay, let's leave it there for now. We will talk more about the draft, not only in the second segment, but tomorrow, but we will leave it there right now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Grant Mona. When we return on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Let's go out to the Circa Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details. And here he is, our main man from the Great 1-8, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? I always love when you mention the great one eight. That's right. Every time I come on here, it's awesome. Uh, I'm doing really well. It's, it's kind of an odd day here in SoCal thunderstorm. I know. What's going on? It's June. It's not kind of weird, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad yeah, to be was, on. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no, that was really odd when our Armand and I like walked into the studio today. I'm like, 
rain? What the hell? Yeah, yeah it was drizzling there? and yeah. it was like hot. It was like and a was slow like, and yeah. heavy rain. It was weird. feels like <laughs> yeah. Florida over here. I was just gonna say it's like yeah, we're exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah. Grant, big day tomorrow. We have a draft day. A lot of talk about who's going to be the first pick in the draft. So let's, I guess, a two-part question: A, who do you think will be the first pick in the draft, and who should be? Well. Who should be is the big question because who should be is Chet Holmgren because he's, to me, he's a generational talent. I mean, if you look at a guy, 7-1 center, I mean, he's an elite shot blocker. He can shoot the three. Um, you know, he's been compared to guys like, you know, Anthony Davis. He's, he's been, you know, I feel like everybody's compared to Kevin Durant nowadays. Like Brandon Ingram was compared to Kevin Durant. All these long guys that are very skinny compared to Kevin Durant, but um, I don't think you know he's going to be as as gifted of, of a scorer as Kevin Durant is, but I do see that that uh, that comparison. Maybe a Kristaps Porzingis, maybe early in his Knicks days. Um, so I think that the Magic can get a really good one there. But I mean, it looks like all the signs are pointing to Jabari Smith Jr. going to the Magic, which is kind of weird because if you think about the comparison between Jabari Smith Jr. and uh, Chet Holmgren, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? But if you look at the Thunder, if they take Chet Holmgren, pairing him with SGA, pairing him with Man pairing him with Dort, that's a really good pick for them. So um, the Thunder will probably pick him if the Magic pass up on him. So, um, you know, hey, that's the Magic's fault. Yeah. Nothing I can say about that. But, but what I've noticed is a lot of 3 and D guys in this draft that I haven't noticed in drafts before. Like, there's a lot of wings. And I know wings win you a lot of games, but um, there's a lot of 3 and D guys, a lot of bigger players in, the, in this first round. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, before we pass it to Brandon, I want to echo the need to limit the Kevin Durant comparisons. Um, Imani Bates <laughs> was apparently, you know, the next Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram. These, as you said, these long, lanky guys that are just too skinny for yeah. their own bodies that have really big wingspans. Everyone's the next Kevin Durant. Yeah. So that's just my piece. Brandon, go the, ahead. The guy that'll be compared the most to Kevin Durant is next year's draft. That's Victor, Victor Wembanyama. That, I mean, he, that's the best draft prospect since LeBron James. Mm, Agreed. Agreed. It's not even close. Agreed. I don't. It's bold. The guy was seven made in a lab. Three, yeah, he was made in a lab. Seven foot three, bigger than Chad Holmgren. Can hit threes. Can block shots. Can pass at an elite level. Whoever takes him number one next year, they're probably going to win a championship. I, you know, mm, at some point. Wow. That's how good this guy is, and that's why a lot of teams are like with the Kings. I, I, I don't get trying to win now when you can miss out on the coveted. The Kings don't do anything they're right? supposed to do. Uh, yeah, well, they trade Tyrese. <laughs> they drafted well, but then they traded Tyrese, and I like Davion Mitchell, and you know. But I wanted to ask you, Grant, about Paulo. We got some Paulo guys in here, um, and you know, it's like for me, I like Paulo as an offensive player. I think you know he's obviously six ten, six eleven can dish it at a high level he showed that in the NCAA yeah. tournament like seven assists per 60 possessions or something crazy like that right. he also shot right. close to 45 percent from three in the NCAA tournament which is promising way better than his 34 percent rate at Duke I still don't love his jumper I don't love his defense I mean they call him T-Rex arms because his wingspan is so short for a 6'11 guy and I you know that's so I have a quick question before you ask Grant anything. Where did this nickname come from? Because I avidly watch Duke and ain't nobody calling him T Rex Arms. I'm not I'm not I, I think this. I'm just maybe asking. maybe I'm uh, I'm promoting the Twitter uh, echo chamber <laughs> okay. of of uh, rumors and you know 
Okay. All I, that I was just, crazy it was stuff. Just a question. I was like, I wasn't debating you. I'm just like, um, I've never heard him call. Well, that. because you know, I mean, his wingspan isn't like that bad. It's like six eight, but like if he's six ten, like right. It's not. Know, it's not. It's, it's not, not past like, the, the length. I mean, yeah. if he had a seven foot four wingspan, he'd be the first overall pick, and it wouldn't be close. But like Grant, I right. like him as a prospect. I have him six or seventh on my mm-hmm. list on my big board, but not in the top three. Like everyone says, I do like his offensive output. I think he'd be a good fit in Houston since he doesn't play defense and that whole team doesn't play defense anyways but what are your thoughts on him and the projected odds continuing to go up for the magic to throw one out of left field and take him at number one overall yeah i don't know i think it's just the fact that he's such a big guy um that that everyone's kind of getting enamored by um he is a huge gentleman like there's, there's no way around that but you know like you said the defense is a concern i mean yeah his shooting improved in the tournament but you know it wasn't that elite you know, through throughout the whole season for Duke. And, you know, I, I think that we're, we're focusing too much on his size rather than the skill set that he, because I feel like this guy is a work in progress. I feel like I, I can compare him to maybe like an Andrew Wiggins type player now, like a guy that's going to be not really the number one, number two, but like that third guy that can support a championship team, a guy that can do all the dirty work, that can get to the rim, cut, flash. Um, I think he'll be really good at that just because of his size, but um, I think we're we have a sleeper. I think Nikola Jovic and Brandon, yeah, my man, he's Jovic. in my top five. Everyone that called me crazy on TikTok. Everyone called me crazy. Yeah. that is a future superstar if he's developed correctly. Six eleven can mean, do it all offensively. Continue. I mean, yeah. I mean, all these Serbian guys. Look at this. I mean, his name is one letter off from Nikola Jovic. <laughs> How could you not take him? You, teams better exactly. not let him fall to Denver. If they do, oh my gosh, Denver oh, will win like five God. championships. Completely agree. Completely agree. But he's a sleeper for me. I, I think he can be one of those guys that could just transform into this guy that can take over Frank. It's just like Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic didn't have that much craze coming out of um, out of the draft either. So he had to develop a lot of his skills, lose some weight. But when he got the hang of the game, man, look what and happened. Before, so. before Armand and Jake go, I just want to add one more thing about Jokic. The only concern for scouts is he, he wasn't as dominant as Jokic or even Dario Saric in that real basket league. But the intangibles right. in the upside are more than those than Jokic and Saric. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, I, I don't, you know, he just started shooting threes, 33% from three. His first year started shooting threes. I mean, he was primarily like mm-hmm. a dish it off, mid range guy, get to the hoop, uses athleticism. Defense is obviously a concern, but he's so long. His wingspan's like seven foot one. I mean, he's going to be able to play defense eventually. And even if he doesn't, he's an offensive superstar. Grant, I just wanted to know your thoughts, general thoughts on Shade and Sharp, because there's been a lot of back and forth between a lot of the experts, whether they trust the the lack of college experience or whether that doesn't matter. I think everybody in this room is in consensus that we like Shade and Sharp and we like his upside a lot. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I think you guys are right on with that. I think that the, the upside is what people are banking on in the NBA right now with that guy because it, it's kind of a boom bust, right? Like, you look at him and you kind of see, like, okay, the tools are there, the explosiveness is there, but can we develop him into a guy that can consistently do it? And I think that's the big thing with Shaden Sharp. I think people are looking at his, his upside. I mean, look, he was the number one player in the country at a high school, right? So you know, that, that gives you something. I mean, he has explosiveness, he has you know, the offensive game to, to get to those like 20 to 25 points per game. But I think with him, it's going to be a matter of consistency. It's not really going to be a matter of his talent and his offensive skills. It's going to be a matter of developing him into a guy that can consistently do it. So 
Um, and, you know, we see things like that with, with guys like John Morant. Like, John Morant is a guy that, you know, he was all explosiveness. He was all this. But he had to learn the intangibles. He had to learn how to shoot the three at a consistent rate. He had to learn how to land right. He had to learn how to get to the rim and, and take the fouls and, and get through contact. So um, I think it's going to be a lot like that for where, you know, obviously John Morant and him are, are very uh, much not alike. But um, in terms of the offensive skill set, the offensive firepower that both of them bring, they both had to kind of develop what they have. So. Uh, Grant, I know you mentioned Jovic, but is there a guy that you're looking at, maybe projected the end of the lottery, middle of the first round, uh, like a, maybe like a Malachi Branham, Ty Ty Washington type guy that you don't think is getting enough love? Oh, I don't know. I mean, if you think, yeah, you mentioned the guy Malachi Branham from Ohio State. I mean, he's a six six guard, right? Like, well, he's kind of a guard, guard, you know, small forward. Um, you know, he averaged fourteen points, four rebounds. Um, you know, he shot forty two percent from the from the three. So that's kind of a guy like you know, like like I was saying, a lot of these guys in this draft are six and higher. They're wings that can shoot the three and defend. I think that's what the NBA is kind of trending towards in terms of drafting guys right now. Is like, hey, look at what the Celtics had in the finals. Look at what the Warriors had. They had Andrew Wiggins, a big wing, defend guys. They had Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, big wings that can score on both and and they can defend on the other side. That look, both of these teams made the finals. So like these teams are saying. Hey, you know what? That's a good formula. Let's let's try to let's try to do something like that. You know, because a lot of these guys, if you see the comparison, Kyle Anderson, Nicholas Batum, these long wings, these long guys that you know can defend up the on one hand and then go score on the other hand in the corner three if you need it. So um, yeah, you know, like you said, there's there's a lot of talent in terms of um, you know offensive firepower, but on the other side, we're looking at a lot of defensive players this draft, which is really cool. I, th- I think that's really cool that we're looking at that right now. Yeah, Grant, I, I 100% agree. I think it's great that people are finally stepping up to the plate and looking at looking for people that defensively can, can win them titles or um, at least help out their program. Speaking of defense, i got to ask you about my boy, Mark Williams from Duke. I mean, I know, I'm, I know I'm, everybody's going to sit here and give me a lot of flack for this, but I think that he has he's probably one of the best um, around up there that's going to go, in my opinion, a little on the lower side. I think um, he's ranked like 15th. He's going to go 13th like to 13th, Charlotte, right? I think. Yeah. yeah um, so yeah. So that's basically my question. Where do you think he ranks? Where do you think he should go? Where do you think he would be a good fit? And um, you know, where do you think he should go? Yeah, I mean, I think Brandon mentioned that you know Charlotte's a pretty good one for him. I mean, he's he's 240 pounds. I mean, he you know he reminds me a lot of DeAndre Ayton actually. Um, he he looks like a kind of guy that um, you know he's going to be very underrated, right? I mean, he he played two years. Um, you know, his three-point percentage isn't going to be there, right? But, um, you know, his field goal percentage is always high. It's always high. It was like 72% last year, I think, which is crazy. Um, you know, he only averaged like 11 points, but I, I don't think as a center that that's a big deal. I mean, DeAndre Ayton himself, he averaged around 12, 13 in, in the playoffs last year and in, in the finals, and everyone was like, oh, this is the best, you know, center in the league right now. Or, this is one of the, the guys that we have to covet. So I think his comparison for me is kind of like a DeAndre Ayton where, um, you know, he's not going to shoot the three and DeAndre Ayton doesn't shoot the three either, but his shooting percentage, I mean, 73% at the free throw line, 72% as, you know, shooting, you know, around the field. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over as a center. Um, and in defense too, he averaged two steals a game, which is pretty good for a center. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I see his comparison to like DeAndre Ayton, and if the Hornets can get him and not like have to trade for Miles Turner or something like that, that's a huge gift for them. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen. NBA scouts are very low on Williams. I wanted to ask you, Grant, about Jaden Ivey, my top player in the draft. Big board-wise, I have Holmgren, too. Three, uh, you know, Shaden Sharp, Jabari Smith are kind of tied at three just because of upside. Um, so what do you think of Jaden Ivey going into the league? Uh, there's a lot of talk about this kid, right? I mean, and, and for good reason. I, I watched him at, at Purdue, and he was electric. Like, he was absolutely electric. I mean, obviously a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe he should be the number one overall. But, you know, like like I was talking about with, with all these other guys, he's kind of like John Morant, right, where – you know, he needs to improve defensively. John Morant was kind of like that, too. Um, yo, but Ivy is a way better three-point uh, shooter than John Morant was in college in his first couple of years. So he has that already. He averaged 17 points, which is pretty good. Um, I think he's he's really like a budding offensive superstar. I really do. I see a lot of explosiveness just like John Morant. I know I keep comparing people to him, but we have a lot of players nowadays that are modeling their, their game around John Morant and saying, hey, if I can just be explosive on the offensive end, I can go through contact, I can get to the rim, I can score. And Jaden Ivey has that. I mean, he's 6'4", he's kind of undersized, but not really. Um, But, you know, he can play point guard and shooting guard. That's the good thing about him. I mean, he only averaged 36% on threes um, last year at Purdue. But, um, like I said, he's just going to need to to tune up some things on the defensive end. Um, He's a better three-point shooter already, so I I think he'll be just fine. you know, I, I guess he, the Pistons is kind of a weird pick to me, but I feel like he'd fit really well next to Cade Cunningham. So um, that would be a pretty big get for, for the Pistons, too. And that's if the Kings keep the pick. Because if the Kings keep the pick, I highly doubt they mm-hmm. select Ivy unless they're going to trade him. Um, so he should right. be available. Him or Sharp is going to be available at five for the Pistons. So the Pistons will win the draft either way if they take one of those two guys. If they take Ben Mathurin oh, yeah. or Keegan Murray, they do not win the draft because if Sharp is available and I- Ivy is available, you have to take those guys at five. Grant, I wanted to ask you one more thing about Jaden Hardy, the number two player in the country out of high school, can shoot from almost half court, can take over games offensively, struggled in the G League at the beginning of the year, but averaged 20 points per game and a much more efficient line from the floor in the second half he's projected to go in the late first you know he was before the season started he was a top five top ten prospect but now late first is this a steal for teams could the golden state warriors keep their pick and take him and continue their rebuild or could a contending team really get a steal here with hardy i mean yeah he's, he's six four 200 i mean he was he averaged 30.4 points in high school which is insane um like you said he was he was you know, a, a number two guy coming out of high school. Um, you know, he uses his speed and his aggressiveness, though, to his advantage. Like, I think, like, he's the kind of guy that loves to attack the rim. Um, you know, I, I think his court vision, his passing is kind of iffy right now. I think he's going to get a little better at that if he wants to be a point guard in the league. I, I know he's, he's 6'4", um, but, you know, I, th- I think if he wants to be a point guard, he needs to, you know, shore that up. He has great playmaking ability. I mean, this guy is the kind of guy that's just going to go at it. He wants the ball every time. But I think that you know, he needs to shore up his, his, his court vision if he wants to be a pretty good point guard in the league. But, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> the Warriors get a guy like this, I mean, and then they have Kaminga and Moody, too. I, what else can I say? I mean, <laughs> the Warriors are so great at scouting. They have the best, best front office in the league. So, um, if they pick this guy, shoot. But that development team with Kenny Atkinson coming back, and they developed Jaden Hardy with Kaminga and Moody, that's pretty scary to me. 
Uh, Grant, one more guy I want to ask you about is uh, Johnny Davis, who I got to watch firsthand at Wisconsin all year. Uh, one major concern amongst evaluators is his efficiency numbers, um, which I will admit were not very good this year, but I think that had a large part uh, to do with the fact that without him on the floor, the Badgers were an NAIA team. Um, he was literally forced to touch the ball every offensive possession, take shots he probably didn't want to take because they truly didn't have many other options. I have him somewhere between 8 and 11. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Johnny D? Yeah, I, I think like he's another guy that's like he's going to be like a slasher in this league. I mean, he's a great mid-range shooter. I wish, <laughs> I wish he would take some notes from Kawhi Leonard because I feel like he can develop into a guy like that. Yeah, he's a shooting guard. Yeah, he's only six five, but with his mid-range being that good, like I feel like he can be compared to, to a guy like maybe KCP, like a guy that can slash. He can he can you know make his own shot if he needs to, but he's going to stand in that corner, hit the three, and defend at a pretty high level. He's a pretty good transition player too. Um, which is pretty good to have in the NBA, but um, this dude is really confident. He's very aggressive, very confident. He gets to his spots when he wants to. Um, so a top 15 pick for this guy who really wouldn't surprise me, um, but just because, you know, he he looks good operating at the mid-range, mid-range level, but, um, you know, he I guess his pick-and-roll game has to get a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, I, I think his, his comparison is a guy like maybe like KCP, and maybe, even like Kyle Kuzma. I know it's... 6'5", Kuzma's 6'7", but a guy that can flash off the pick and roll. He can play along a guy, alongside a guy that can give him the ball. Um, so I, I really like him, too. Like I said, this draft is full of guys that are crafty flashes, so I yep. like it. I like yep. it a lot. Grant, we have 2 minutes, 30 seconds left. I wanted to ask you, the Clippers have the 43rd overall pick, and the Lakers are expected mm-hmm. to buy a second-round pick and give uh, you know cash considerations for a selection in the second round. What are your thoughts there? Who who are these two teams going to prioritize here quickly in uh, just a minute, 30 seconds? I mean, I, I, I'm not really sure if the Clippers are even... I mean, I know Jerry West and, and Steve Ballmer are doing everything they can in the scouting department, but right now, you really don't really need to do much in the draft. Like, even if we get a guy that has high upside, he's really not that great. You know, I, I think a guy maybe in the 43rd pick for the Clippers is maybe like John Montero. Um, it's like a high risk, high reward. Um, I really don't know, you know, what his upside could be, but, um, you know, we really need a guy that's either a center or a point guard because that's been our problem for years and years and years. It's like last year we had Reggie Jackson, didn't really have Jason Preston. Jason Preston, we drafted last year. He got hurt, didn't play the whole year. So I think the Clippers are going to look at the center position and the point guard position for these guys that are like fringe late first rounders that maybe like drop too far. Just like we saw with Brandon Boston Jr. Brandon Boston Jr. dropped all the way to the Clippers, and he has all the intangibles to be a great, great player in the NBA. So I have a lot of faith in the Clippers front office, but you know, I, I just think that we're going to look at centers and point guards this time. Um, that's really what we need to shore up um, because Zubas is, you know, he's going to warrant a lot of money in free agency, and can we pay him? Maybe, maybe not. Ballmer has a lot of money, but um, he'll be gone and next year maybe the year after so we, we need to have a center for the future a point guard for the future and real quick brandon you did a two round mock draft right a, a full mock for the yes draft. if you want to look it up baller sports dialogue.substack.com full two round mock evaluations of all prospects um that i have going in this draft so Who's like the one steal? Who's like a second steal. round? Oh, like, second you know, round or so, first round? Let's say like late first, early Jay, second. Yeah, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara and the Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Both great players. One's a Spencer Dinwiddie type player. The other's a Robert Williams type player. Second round, Josh Minot, super athletic wing. Um, 
Christian Coloco from Arizona, another guy, and possibly a, I mean, I'm just kind of uh, Jamari Bouye from San Francisco, another guy can really t- NBA ready. All right, that's uh, perfect. Grant, Mona, you're the best. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.